When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back for week four of Browns Cast. I'm your host, Taylor Jedrzak, and as we have for the last two we- two weeks, maybe three, I think, or maybe it was just me and Matt for the first preview, uh, we-, we have both Gerbs and Matt uh, here tonight for our preview show for the Ravens game. So how are you guys doing? I think it was, I'm good. I think it was you and me week one, and then it's been uh, the three of us for the last three weeks. Yeah. So, but that's yeah, fine. We're good. Everything's good. It's yeah. a good week. Good week to be a Browns fan. Uh, you know, uh, we get to watch our team play in front of, you know, their wives and children. And uh, in no way is that meant to be any kind of a bulletin board material, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely not a slight at all. You know, it was, it was definitely the Ravens turn to say something potentially stupid. The other two teams have done it. They hadn't yet. Right. Yeah, I I just don't get why <laughs> you would think they would be they would not be adding bulletin board, board material, but it seems like the Browns are just getting all the bulletin board material early in the season. It seems like. Yeah. I, what what what's that meme? It didn't work out for them, but it might work out for me. <laughs> oh, it's uh, rest of development. The uh, <laughs> it didn't work out for us. Or it didn't work for them, but. It might work out for us. <laughs> I get the it's it's uh, it's getting to be the uh, the SpongeBob. How many times do I have to teach you this old this lesson, old man? <laughs> just the meme episode, right? We're doing all, we're doing I memes love today, the old people. Um, who knows? But yeah, I you know it it's it is what it is. Guys are gonna talk and and people are gonna say things and you know like Matt said. For once, it's not Cleveland saying it, so that's nice. But, uh, yeah, it, keep talking. If you want to talk, that's fine. It obviously is, you know, Cleveland is hearing it, and you can make arguments that they may not, you know, they shouldn't need the added uh, motivation, but they are using it, undoubtedly. So, I mean, whatever works. Michael Jordan still remembers everybody who was drafted ahead of him and, you know, who, who was, who made the high school roster when he got cut or what, whatever the, you know, whatever his hall of fame speech was. Can you, can you imagine, so, I mean, going off on a small tangent, could you imagine being like the, the 14th member of that, that uh, Laney high school roster that made it ahead of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan just has this forever grudge against <laughs> the guy who never actually played for the team. <laughs> Right. Yeah, he he just does a normal office job, and he was like, MJ just hates me for no reason. I don't know the guy, but he just hates me. <laughs> just thinking about it. Man mutters under his breath every time he sees me. <laughs> I never spoke to him in my life. <laughs> just a scrawny kid. I, I didn't think much of him. <laughs> it was 1968, Mike, or 1978, Mike. Move on. <laughs> right. 
but anyway, <sighs> back to football. Um, just just as a part of our weekly vibe check, uh, how how much did it kind of? I think this week we finally saw everyone outside of Cleveland kind of take notice of what's going on. I think week one, it was written off as a fluke week mm-hmm. two it was written off as a fluke because they didn't win or not a fluke, but it was written off because they didn't win. But you know, you're, you're going on three weeks now. It's a trend. This is what, this is probably who they are. How much did it, how much did you enjoy kind of watching everyone else take, take notice of specifically the Browns defense? Uh, it's been fun. Uh, just no, like what, like I referenced to you in the pod, I knew a bunch of analytics people were going to be diving into the numbers and some of the charts and stuff that we've been seeing is, has been hilarious because the one I saw was literally the Browns are hovering like they're a cloud amongst a bunch of other teams that are like low to the ground. And I made the joke in the discord, like, Oh, everybody looks like ants down there. Don't, don't they <laughs> like it just, they're so high up on the chart that they're literally just like in their own area on this chart. Yeah. I think I saw that the, the defensive, uh, it was a defensive, um, win win rate i think play win rate graph and they they almost ruined the graph (laughs) everyone else in the same flat area down down near the the median and the browns are like way up at the top and it they're so high that it's flattened everyone else out yeah it's been it's been good to like I, I'm a big podcast guy, and so it's, it's been nice to have a bunch of podcasts. Like most of Simmons' podcasts this week have mentioned the Browns at some point of like the really good defense. And, you know, even like fantasy podcasts are saying avoid Cleveland, you know, avoid when your players Don't are playing Cleveland, players venture, Cleveland. venture guys. Yeah. So it, it's been it's been really good and fun to uh, to hear those conversations and see you know the team on the the national stage in that in that regard um, because it does it does help uh, take away from the Watson of it all. Um, it, it, it him having a good game in week three helped that more than anything, but the defense being good uh, just just takes that pressure off and doesn't really. Uh, I think it makes it more yeah. appetizing for national pundits to talk about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like because you do, you can talk about how good the Browns have been without having to directly talk about the guy that they've been avoiding talking about for eighteen months. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I think like and what's funny is I was listening to I think it was PFF's breakdown of the last week's game and they were like and, and they they said something that resonated with me because it's something that me and Gerbs had talked about also or in the preseason. Um, what if uh, they, they said, you know, if if Watson can be eighty five percent of what he was or what he can be, this team is very very good. And I'm like, right. this is exactly the same thing that I was saying all summer. They only need him to be eighty five percent of what he was in Houston if the defense is good, right? And the defense, I think, has far exceeded where we thought they would be. Like, we had, no, yes. no one thought that coming in, like, last year, what would they have? The 22nd and 23rd ranked defense? Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone thought they would, after three games, almost entering 
October, it'll be October, they would enter in not only as the number one defense in the league, but like number one by a wide margin in a lot of categories. <laughs> yeah, they're like I think they're they're potentially going into like eighty five Bears territory or like early two thousands Ravens territory. Like if they're able to sustain it, of course. But like that's how crazy the numbers have been. Yeah, the numbers yeah, are exactly that. I'm like. Be- I was going to mention, we did, no one no one expected the, the to be brought up with those, you know, two defenses. We thought it was going to be a good defense, or had the potential to be a good defense, but I don't think anybody expected those comps to come out after three weeks. So, yeah, I mean... It's been wild, it's been wild. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been nice. Like, it's gotten, it's gotten the Browns back onto a, a, a talking platform in a positive light, it feel like feels like it's been not that way for a while. Which you know, obviously they brought on right. themselves. Disclaimer, but you know, well, it's, it's nice. It's it's at least nice. It's at least nice that they have a talking point they can point to and like this defense is amazing. We don't even have to talk about the Sean. We can just talk about the defense all we want. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, for for reference. The, just the simple yards per play is 3.2 for Cleveland. Like, Baltimore is at 4.1. Like, it's it, it just really just crazy as to how good the defense is. They haven't, they haven't allowed 500 yards of offense. Like, <laughs> no, I, think, I think I saw the teams next that are closest at, was, like, in the six or 700s. In terms of uh, Cleveland's at 490... 491 off, uh, offense allowed, total yards allowed. Uh, number two is Buffalo at 759. Yeah. Like, they haven't allowed 500, and the next closest is, like, almost at 800. So, yeah, it, it's it's really ridiculous. Uh, the the what is, being ha- what is happening, and to talk about a little bit of, of how, uh, they're just, they are wreaking havoc in the backfield. They're stopping every rush play at the line of scrimmage, if not before. And they're not allowing any pass, any passers to get time. You have to throw the ball out before your, before your drop is almost even finished because they're just getting there so quickly. And by that point, you, you know, receivers haven't broken open, haven't uh, gotten any kind of separation from the corners because they've been playing, really good man coverage because that's what the corners have been good at this entire time. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a masterclass in scheme and, you know, going to your, your rosters strengths. Yeah. It's, it's something, and we're going to get more into this in a little bit, but you know, they, they haven't necessarily strongest offenses, but like even bad offenses can generate more than 94 yards of offense. Right. Like the fact that they, they held the, 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 uh, what is it? The Bengals to what? 142. And then the Steelers had 214 and one and 70 of those came on one play or 250 and 70 of those came on one play. Um, And then the Titans to 94, like, Yes, those may not; those might all be end of. Well, the Bengals should not end the season in the bottom half of offenses, but the Titans and Steelers definitely will. 
Um, but there's a lot of proof of concept there now. Like you have a lot of data. There isn't a whole lot of plays because they played the fewest on defense right. of anyone in the league. But you're getting to a point where teams are going to be not so confident that they can run on them. But like we've brought up before, they're also not super confident that they're going to be able to throw on them because you're not going to have time to do the scheme, the schemed up. We're going to get this guy open down the field by running a whole bunch of different route trees. Cause you're just not going to have time for that unless you max protect. Right. For sure. That's something Cleveland has been doing on offense. Yeah. You know, where they're doing and they're, or they're doing end arounds and then end pass arounds and, you know, the, the double QB sneak where that hand, you know, snaps to Chubb, then he hands it to Watson and Yeah, I mean could you imagine you're able could to you do. imagine what the Browns defense would have done if the Titans came out and ran that double reverse pass back screen uh, double reverse pass or uh lateral screen? It it'd be blown up and it'd be like a five or six yard loss. It it, it wouldn't even get to the like <laughs> the end around probably. I'm not sure. Like the first, the first handoff would have been fine. The second handoff would have been in jeopardy. The pitch back to the quarterback definitely would not have happened. <laughs> right. And the screen would have yeah, been just dead. Oh yeah. And yeah, that, that's going that's going to the house the other way, you know. Yeah. So it it's it's nice to have that kind of defense. Like obviously, we've never seen that kind of defense since they came back. I've never seen it because I'm not that old. Um, but I think, I think that's a good place to kind of flush last week is, as the team does every Wednesday with their, uh, ever so appropriately utilized dude wipe sponsorship. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That just sounds gross. I'm sorry. No matter how many ways they do it, it's like you cannot put lipstick on that pig. You can't. <laughs> They're trying. You can't wipe that. You can't wipe that dude. You can't wipe that dude. <laughs> do it. You, you need a comma there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's a good one. Well done. Okay. Well, before we. Before we get too deep, well, that's that. going to be an email I send in the morning. Uh, hey, uh, we want to. We have an ad promo for you. It's dude wipes the comma, dude wipe. Uh, well, before we go any further down that rabbit hole, um, let's talk about the game that we have coming up. Um, first thing we're going to bring up. First thing we're going to get into is. We're going to save the defense for later because they, they get enough attention. Um, talk about the offense for a few minutes. Do you think do you think that Deshaun Watson on Sunday took a permanent step in the right direction or was last week kind of more based on the Titans being that bad? I think the... I think it was definitely a good positive step. Uh, obviously, I think the Titans' uh, pass defense is not the best, but I think what we saw was very important to see that he could play in structure, to see that he was hitting balls with anticipation. Like he, I think uh, Corey Kinnan mentioned, there was a lot of backside digs that weren't hit last year that were being hit in this game that that 
is showing that his anticipation is starting to come back a little bit. Obviously, it needs to be showing itself more as the year goes on. But it, I, I would say it's definitely a good first step to what we need to see from Deshaun. Yeah, I agree. I think I I, I agree with uh, Milner. I, he They were doing things that the offense and Watson are both good at. And that's, I think, the important part, that they weren't doing – they weren't calling plays that were strictly Stavansky plays. They weren't calling plays that were you know, strictly Watson plays. They were they were doing and, and performing a game plan that worked best for what both uh, sides want. And I think that's more important to me than, than anything. Um, if you take away – uh, Elijah, if you take away obviously the single most boneheaded play that uh, I think we've all seen, um, the toss back to I believe it was Jerome Ford. It was Elijah Moore. Um, as, yeah, it was Elijah. Was it Elijah Moore? As Watson was going down, um, and then the Elijah Moore fumble. <laughs> you're probably looking at at least another touchdown, if not two, on on the day for the team and for the offense. Um, or if, or if they don't like royally screw up Amari Cooper's feet. Well, sure. Amari got one later. So I, you know, it, it, it's, well, I always just kind of just wash those out, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about a, a full on drubbing, you know, 30 plus point win um, for a team that, you know, looked bad on offense the week before. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I it, it was, it, it's, it is part of the Titans uh, defense, not performing well, but also a team, you know, obviously going into the huddling up, looking at what they can do well, looking at what they want to uh, perform it and hit on and, and doing some of the things that uh, doing them well. So Okay, so let me let, let me ask this. This is an this is an off off script, and it's a bit could be a bit touchy. Um, hypo, like not hypothetically, in a roundabout sense, was losing Nick Chubb what Deshaun Watson needed to get back. That sounds so weird when you you're thinking of losing your best player might be the best thing for this offense, but long like over the course of the season, I don't think it is, but I can't say that it doesn't help. It might help I, the quarterback not have that crutch. I, I get, I get what you're saying. It definitely accelerated the process that they probably needed to do with this passing offense. It, it's forced evolution. That's probably it's forced evolution. Yes. That's that's probably the best way of putting it. I think it I think it put the weight on Watson that I think he was wanting to have, but just wasn't able to take. Yeah, because that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, that, that he like he he worked well in Houston because it was him in Houston. You know what I mean? Like it, there, this was this is without a doubt the most talented roster he's had around him. And I think that he was, you can make the argument that it was a, I have to perform with all of these weapons and I don't know how, while also giving Nick Chubb his 
you know, he's got he's got to get his fifteen at least, right? And you just don't know how to operate with that. I mean, he Watson had Foster early on in his career, but that that was also like the tail end of Arian there. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I I, I do see where you know Chubb Chubb had to quote unquote die so that Watson could live. Um, it's a little morbid. I don't, uh, you know, <laughs> huh? it's a little morbid. <laughs> yeah, uh, like kind of morbid on that. <laughs> he did. He's not dead. He's still there. But you know, like, yeah, I don't know. But uh, I, I can see where you can where you can get there and where that makes sense. Um, I it, it definitely makes the the team. Uh, it helps the team as currently constructed with the roster that they have. Yeah, I forget what insider mentioned it. Like, after what happened on Monday, I think they mentioned how during the week they did a lot of different things, like prep work-wise, that kind of, like, because of how the offense performed on Monday, they kind of, like, double-timed everything that they did for Sunday because they knew they had to get it up to par for what they needed to do for life after Chubb because – (laughs) with how bad it looked it was like i totally get it you needed to refine everything as much as you can within a week and i think they succeeded for the most part yeah Yeah, i mean it might not be the best example because the titans have one of the worst pass defenses in the league right now but again it's going back to the original question it's a good first step we need to see more steps to say he's on the right path but you can't make any steps if you don't take a first one. So got to learn to crawl before you walk, man. That's how it works. Yeah. So now I'd like to see him take fewer hits. Um, That's fair. uh, (laughs) We would all like to see him take less hits. (laughs) Dude has been taking a lot of hits and swinging the ball around when he runs the ball. It's uh, it's a little nerve wracking to watch him try to, to watch him run the football. Not gonna lie, he does the like the the single hand hold on it. You know, it's not quite Kyler Murray. Uh, toddler just stole the phone running. The difference with Kyler but, Murray uh, is, you he, know, well, one, he looks like a toddler out there. Two, right. he is so elusive that it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh yeah, right, yeah. Kyler Kyler Murray has taken like maybe two or three full on hits in his life because right. he's just yeah. so slippery. Yeah, and with Deshaun, I imagine he's been a the type of runner that's been able to like throw his shoulder around and all that. So he's kind of used to taking more hits. So but yeah, it's definitely especially with how he holds the ball, it's a little bit like maybe tucking the ball just a little bit just before you start running. Like Yeah, uh, yeah it's I mean, it's just a it's a minor nitpick, but mm-hmm. like I'd like to see that. Um but but yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that this offense, and I think Ken Carmen brought it up earlier this week on like Monday or Tuesday. Like, no, we're not talking about if this offense is better without Nick Chubb because it's not. No. But like, I think to get Watson back to where he need, needs to be faster, you almost need to force that, force that progress. Yeah. Right. And you can't necessarily do that when you have a top three running back standing next to you in shotgun yeah and like obviously with 
like we've discussed before, the whole fan base is always screaming about his touches in the past. So there's always that like nagging, like feeling in the back of your mind, like we got to give him touches. We got to, he's right there. So now yeah. you're, Nick Nick Chubb could carry the ball 24 times for 172 yards and two scores. And there will be seven people on Twitter saying, well, what about this one play, the second and three, where they lined up an empty and Watson threw the ball away? Why not just run Nick Chubb? Like, offenses work this way sometimes. Yeah, there's ebbs and flows. can't just the ball every play. It's not this Madden. Is, this isn't it's Madden. Not Madden. It, <laughs> it, it's not Madden, guys. Like football in real life is not Madden. Yeah. So it could be to a degree, it's but it's not. I don't it's know. Not. Real life doesn't glitch. <laughs> I, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen a player morph into another one yet. So <laughs> let me know when that happens. <laughs> um. But kind of kind of stemming off the Chubb thing, the uh, the Ravens after the first two we- first two weeks they gave up uh, fewer than eighty yards in the ground each week. Last week, to a Colts team that was down their running quarterback, they gave up one hundred and thirty nine rushing yards on kind of a crappy weather day in Baltimore. Um, should this week be a bounce back week for the Browns rushing attack? Or do you think it's going to take a little longer for them to kind of figure out how this is all going to work in a post-Chubb world? Um, I feel like we were still in experimental phase because I feel like last week they were trying to do different things. They, they gave the ball to Strong. They tried to end around with Goodwin. Uh, Elijah Moore was taking more running snaps than he would probably do normally, I would think. And so they're trying to figure out how to do it in the aggregate. I I think right now they're still trying to find their like find that sweet spot that they're looking for. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a lot of trial and error over the next few weeks. And that's not to say Jerome Ford isn't good enough to get the bulk of carries in in an offense that's built to run the ball. I just think they're going to be trying a lot of things. Yeah. I I can see this week being a, a week where the running game gets on track. Um, they, It was obviously not working last week, and they started going to the short pass game. Um, lots of screens to the outside, bubble screens and things like that. The end of rounds to try to get, you know, manufacture a little bit more. I mean, that stuff almost turned separation. into their running game. Right, yeah. and that's what, yeah. And so it, it basically became, you know, uh, a way of getting the ball out and, and into space as opposed to, you know, I know that I know this, uh, you know, we talk about Madden HV dive is not going to work, you know, or whatever. So we're going to just do this with, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the, the short game. And, uh, I think this is a week that they can start looking at a little bit more of, um, establishing the run, taking a little bit more, pressure off of Watson um, and because the, the, the Ravens uh, good section of their defense is their secondary. Mm. So, you know, I think they want to maybe, uh, you know, slow down a little bit and, and work on the, uh, the D line a little bit more than the, 
the secondary because they even though they are it looks like they might be down uh marlon humphreys but kyle hamilton's gonna be back and, and that's uh you know some guys that you don't want to be throwing on a whole bunch so me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how – without Marlon Humphreys, I, I don't know how, like – I'm not terrified to throw the ball. Yeah, like, like from what I saw against the Colts, I, I wasn't necessarily scared of what they did. I, I think I would be – like, honestly, since their pass rush is not that good, I would think they would be pretty comfortable throwing the ball because just – like, Deshaun will have a good amount of time, I would I would assume, to settle in. So, I, I, yeah, I'm not really terrified of their defense. I mean, you can go back to this offseason. I've never really been terrified of this Ravens roster, aside from the the greatest X factor in the league of Lamar Jackson, who can just take over a game himself and do whatever he wants. But um, And Justin Tucker, who's a robot. Um, he did miss one last yeah, week. Not, not last week. He did miss a 61-yarder. He is human. In, in, right. in the rain in a tropical storm. So, <laughs> so, like, it was still on target from 61. It, it was like a yard short. I don't need your qualifier. Yeah, yeah, he, he sucked last week. That's what. That's my summation. <laughs> he missed a kick. That's all that I need. That day was better. <laughs> he was. He was the first kicker. He, he made history. He was the he first made, kicker. That, he made yeah. history last week. Five attempts over 50 and hit them all. Why didn't Justin Tucker do it? Well, Matt Gay didn't kick from 60. Um, but, you know, I've, I've kind of said since the summer that, like, the Ravens, they tried to improve their offense. They got – it is the best receiving core they've had since Lamar has been there. But, you know, you're relying on Jay Flowers, who, or, who could be good. Or Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. If, if, if they would get passes more than five yards, I think – yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What What was it? What was, I think I, I heard it in a pod, one, some pod, it might've been Jake Burns, um, that um, Lamar's average distance to target is like 2.7. Yeah. Like he has not really been throwing the ball that deep. It's been a lot of short stuff. No, his completion percentage is off the charts, but he's not throwing the ball very far. So like, yeah, your completion percentage should be pretty good. <laughs> but um, I, I would think it would play right into what the uh, the Browns want to do is basically dink and dunk their way down the field and just do that do it that way. Yeah, like if if you're willing to try and go 12, 13 plays on the Browns defense, go ahead. Because you're again, if if this defense is playing up to their where, where they've been they're likely to win two or three of those plays in a row at some point and put you in mm-hmm. a bad situation. So I think that's kind of what they're banking on. Like if you're going to, if you're going to try and go long drives against the Browns, which is what dinking and dunking in the running game does, it's kind of how the Ravens have operated for four years now. It's going to be a tough day. And, you know, the, I think the, the Browns defense even did fairly well against Lamar last year. Would they lose that game? 23 to 21. Something like that. Yeah, it came down to like a field goal and then it got blocked because, of course, Cade York kicked it too low from deep. Yeah, and they called a false start and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of weird officiating things at the end of that game, but that was a mm-hmm. year ago. So, um, 
it's I think this Browns defense, this like they've they built this Browns defense over the last few years. I think specifically with the goal in mind of okay, we know we have Lamar Jackson in our division. We need a defense with speed. Mm. We need to be able to hem him in best we can and hope for the best. And you know they've done pretty well against him. Like last year, Joe Woods did well against him. Um, two years ago on Sunday Night Football, they picked him off four times, but Baker, I think, also was picked off twice. And I remember that sequence right before halftime in that game where they turned the ball over right. on like three straight plays, both teams. Yeah, that that game was about as drunk as it could have gotten within like two minutes. Yeah, yeah that that game was doing some hardcore drugs there for for about five minutes. It was like LSD for two minutes. That's what that was. <laughs> but yeah. Um yeah, to your point, uh just clarifying because we mentioned it and I went searching for it and uh his average is A dot so far this year is six point nine, which would be uh almost two yards less than what his average was or his lowest has been like leading up to this year. So like to go that low on a team when, you know, your the rumors were that you're gonna be more spread out, more downfield, like that it's that's not working. Yeah, no. That's not what you want from Lamar. You wanna be able to use his uh strong arm and get that ball down the field, not uh you know Yeah, and some of that's some of that's been that their around. offensive line has been kinda hurt, so you don't necessarily wanna put put Lamar in a situation to have to yeah. wait for those routes, but like he's also Lamar Jackson. He could get out of those, which is I think my biggest biggest kind of fear facing them this week because we haven't played a quarterback like that. Right. Yeah. So I think last week we brought up that or I, I mentioned in the post game that like teams and I've said it a few times teams can't run deep routes because they simply do not have time. Right. Lamar Jackson can create that time. So how much do we worry about the Browns secondary? Maybe, you know, having a few more clunker plays this week because of that. Um, I, I would say because now that the direction of the offense is more man, the symptom, especially if the quarterback you're facing is mobile is those corners are going to follow their man and they will forget who who could potentially leak out with the rushing lane with Lamar. So there's potentially going to be moments where he could get out of the pocket and just get an easy first down just because there's nobody outside of maybe JOK that's shadowing him. And like that, that that's right. what's going to happen, but that's kind of the, the symptom of what you're doing on defense. I am very curious about how this defense is going to play Lamar because like we've said, he, they've played Lamar well with yes. an albatross, or I think how, how I put it a couple weeks ago, seven albatrosses in the form of Joe <laughs> Woods coaching the team. Like this team is built to play well against Lamar and they did it with a bad coach. So what happens when they have a good coach? That's that's I will I will say this that they the bad coach was using the better defense on someone that like Lamar who's able to get out in space to match point, you know, playing zone on 
Lamar, where you're, you have a, a guy who's, you know, spying him, who's able to uh, get around is, is better on a defense, you know, where, where Lamar can scoot and you got a guy that's able to cover him um, and, and stay with him. That's a lot better than having, you know, your quarters running down the field and all of a sudden Lamar's racing past them as they turn around to try to get him. Uh, but is the defensive line going to let him get out? That's that's the real that's the real thing. Yeah, and, the, and, this uh, defensive line has been better coached this year to maintain yes. integrity. So, like, I, I can't imagine. Like, there, there's probably going to be a couple times, like there is every game, where Lamar finds a, a lane right up the middle right away, and he takes off for 15 yards, and it's going to happen. Like, right. it, as long as it doesn't happen every drive, you should be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But. I, I will be curious to see how this defense kind of converts itself from being mostly an aggressive man-to-man defense against Lamar, who you kind of need to run more zone against. Yeah, because at least with zone, you at least have bodies that are nearby that can keep an eye on the QB just to contain them, that there's not like right. an obvious lane that he can run. That is like the one benefit of zone is everybody's kind of – has their own area. They kind of, it's all about communication. So like, as long as they communicate and know where their guys are and what they're doing, they should be able to like make, like at least keep Lamar like maintained. You're not going to like completely just like shut them down, but you can at least keep them stabled in with what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's going to be the big thing is keeping him, keeping him contained, keeping him under wraps as best they can. Yeah, like Which, Lamar's going to get his, uh, but you can't let it be – you can't let it be a lot of both or a, an astronomical amount of one. Like you can't let him throw for 450. Yes. You can't let him yeah. run for 170. They might that, have to be – But if it's – It might be – But if it's, you know, two, 250 and 50, you live with that. Yeah. And that, and that kind of leads me into my, my sub-question here. Would you be more willing to let Lamar run a little bit more? Or do you want to focus on – would you want to make him predominantly a passer? Which one, which one would you rather have hurt you if you if you had to choose? Um, I would say make him more of a passer because I know with their wide receiver core, it's very much hurt right now. OBJ, it seems like he might not be available – I'm sure there's Zay Flowers. He's showing promise, but like outside of that, it's like, are, do you really trust trust anybody outside of like Zay Flowers and Mar- Mark Andrews? They just, I don't know if there's that much trust. Yeah, I don't so, feel like they've even used Mark Andrews. I'll be honest. Yeah, what, what, yeah, which is very weird because Mark Andrews was the offense for like three years with Greg Roman. That was the one thing that he did do right over that over the last three years. Right. Yeah, I. I you let him. You let him pass. You gotta. You you have to try to contain him on the ground and and keep him from breaking the big long plays because those are the ones that are the back the backbreakers. The same as what we've seen, you know, with the the screen game. Anytime anytime Cleveland lets up, aside from the Pickens touchdown, any any uh, gain of yardage more than I think like ten yards 
has been through some sort of screen that leaked through. And if you let Lamar, you know, get his, get his moving, then get a moving, then he, that's where you're going to be in problems. So. Um, on a scale of one in 10, how much, how much have you bought into the Browns defense after three weeks? I think I'm at an eight and a half, and it could potentially be to nine and ten, depending on how this weekend goes. Yeah, I'm at ten. I'm all the way in. I can't. I can't. I don't, I'm, I'm not. I'm not making nicknames or you know, planning out third, third down songs or sounds. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm as in as I can be on this defense. Um, I don't think that the. I do think that the. You can make the argument. They haven't played any good offenses yet, but to be as stifling, stiflingly bad or uh, on suddenly good against these bad defenses has been. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, I, I'll try to steer this ship back. So, yeah, the reason <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I'm at an eight and a half or nine right now is basically just because of the – yeah, we, we've faced some lousy offenses so far. And for the most part, like that first week where the Bengals just looked putrid and with the Pittsburgh offense not being that great and Tennessee not being much of a challenge, I just – I guess I just want to keep seeing how much, like with better competition, how they can maintain this. I think they can. I obviously think so with the defensive line and how they played. But I just think I'm, I'm just keep being conservative just for the sake of it only being three weeks. How much was I? How much did I miss there? And when my computer did the uh, dropping the internet thing that it does. Maybe like 30, 40 seconds. Okay. Yeah, you weren't gone long. Good. Good. Uh, how much of me did you guys hear? Because I think uh, last thing we heard was sentence. about third down songs. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. third down um, songs and nicknames. I'm done with yeah, done with all that. I'm not I'm not into that stuff. Um, I you, Matt, I came into the end of uh, Matt's uh, sentence there, and it was basically what I was saying. I think when I dropped out, um, yes, they have played bad defenses, but they have been so stiflingly good against those bad defenses or bad offenses that uh it, it doesn't make it doesn't matter to me and, and i am as in as in can be um well i guess this part this part of the question well uh, i'll uh, i'll go ahead and say i'm probably about an eight as well um and that's mostly just me being nervous um <laughs> I'm, aren't we always nervous as brown i fans? am uh, i i i Look, they could win the Super Bowl, and I might that that might that might solve the uh, the doubts. But um, <laughs> if 
if if you know we're not fully bought in like Gerbs yet. So like, what what are they? What can they do Sunday to push you to that point? I think for me, realistically, like you're not going to say, "Oh my God, Lamar's going to have 17 total yards." <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, I would think if he's like under 70 rushing yards, like he has like decent rush, rushing numbers, but they're not like insane. Like, and the they they can just completely just shut down the passing game to a point where it's like hilariously low. So basically, like, if Lamar has fewer than two hundred total yards, yeah, at like like eighty rushing yards, and then like maybe one hundred and twenty passing yards, something like that. Just just something where he cannot get anything going. Yeah, I mean, if he has that, they're not scoring points. It's pretty no. simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. They might get six. I, I don't know if they'd get into the end zone with Lamar not at not getting to 200 because they're running. Like, I'm not afraid of their running backs. They might pop one or two runs in the game. But, like, this defense has given me no evidence that they're going to pop any runs. So, no. like, the only, the only runs that have popped have been uh, we accidentally left a cornerback on backside contain against running backs that are much bigger than them. And Najee right. Harris and and uh Derrick Henry. So like and even then it was like maybe an, a 7 yard gain which is not really great in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, like, not Najee's was 21 uh and I think Derrick Henry was like 9 or 11 9 to 12 or something like it wasn't long. Yeah. So like the the run defense has given me a lot of confidence the pa- but like I don't know how much we've actually tested the pass defense other than in some spurts because the defensive line has been so good that it's like you're not getting to test coverages a whole lot at this point. No, and it, I think that's like the one remaining question mark in the defense. Like, how well do they actually cover play to play to play? Because they haven't really needed to. I that, yeah, that is a good question because like with how much pressure they put on quarterbacks, they haven't really needed to test anybody. They haven't tested Thornhill. They've really only tested like the like Emerson because he's like the youngest and least experienced guy, and even then he's maybe allowed maybe four completions. They tested Cam Mitchell last week, and he got a long completion on him, but like, okay, <laughs> that was all you did, <laughs> right? Yeah, even then it was like he could have caught it for an interception. <laughs> it was like he yeah, like he it. missed it. he missed it not by much. The guy wasn't open. So, I don't know. I'd like to see – I I like in a sick, twisted way, I'd like to see the defense be tested and, you know, show that they're not just beating up on bad offenses, that they are ready for the good offenses that we're going to see the next two games, two games yeah. in the next three weeks. Yeah, it's almost like when you get bored with a video game, you want to just up the difficulty just to see how it looks. That's kind of what like this week with the Ravens feels like. It's like, okay, we went from like um pro, let's go to like all-star and like Yeah, all-star. I've gotten I've gotten bored of winning 45 to 6. <laughs> you never get bored of winning except 45 to 6, but that's fine. In Madden that's sometimes it gets boring. Yeah. Um but uh I think la- last question before we move on to our prop bet portion of this whole show. 
this week is kind of kind of another way, another time to make a a statement to the league, to themselves, to the division, and you know, cleanse maybe cleanse some demons uh, because the Ravens have tortured us for their entire existence, very literally their entire existence. Um. Last time they had that chance two weeks ago, or not? Is it? Yeah, it's almost two weeks ago against the Steelers. They kind of botched it. Other than being at home, what gives you confidence that they can they can make that statement this week? Um, I would say, I, I guess it's just because I feel like with how the defense has played and how confident they they have played, that they can set the tone early. To where the offense, if things like continue how they looked last week, I feel like they they'll be fine. Like if they, especially if they are inspired by what Ro- Roquan Smith said about like beating beating them in front of their kids and wives. Like it, those are fighting words. So you, you better best come with your best. Yeah, that, that, that's more personal than calling them some elves. <laughs> <laughs> like, and this is an older group. Full on personal embarrassment now. Yeah, like, and this is an older group with family, so that, that you know this is like, this is getting personal. Nah, I, you say that I, I, again. Getting back to the trash talk stuff, that's that, that it's whatever to me. I, I <laughs> if you want to use it, use it. If if it helps you, let it help you. You know. Um, as for what would should be what you rely on. Yes, it should not be your like primary way of getting amped up for the game is damn it the niners the other... didn't say anything bad about us <laughs> guess we're gonna lose i guess we're just gonna go out there and try okay right. darn it um as for what will give me confidence this week um the the defense obviously is is right there but the the offensive uh adjustments that they made last week and the the upgrades that they seem to have done um Plus, we haven't seen no one person on offense has broken out and had like their game yet. Cooper, which did. is Cooper, did last week. He had one nineteen and a touchdown. He probably should have had closer to one fifty. I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm saying like nobody has nobody has had multiple touchdowns. Nobody has had like one hundred and fifty yards somewhere. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, I agree. Cooper should have because hey, of the hey, hey Gerbs. Um, yeah. Jerome Ford scored twice last week. <laughs> it was the quietest two touchdown game of the day. <laughs> it, it was. He didn't have. Yeah, a, he it, didn't was, have it was. Of... It was very. It was very quiet. He scored twice, but he only had fifty yards of offense. So. I was say he had fifty yards of offense, same as Ledge More like I, great I for you know, fantasy, yeah. not great for the viewing. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. The offense just hasn't clicked yet, which seems. Like it should be a scary thing, but also like it does give me hope that you know they are on on the track to get that like train of moving. Yeah, it's only been three games, and we've seen relative progress in all of them. Like, right. yes, they turned the ball over four times in Pittsburgh, but other than that, the offense looked okay. Aside uh, from that, aside from everything else, Miss Lincoln, how was the play? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> aside from the reason you lost, they looked okay. Um, right. 
that works so many other ways because you know chub you know happened anyway um you know they they looked they existed more than the bengals did on in week one uh that's all i can say on that one yeah they're they're at least better in a better place than what the bengals are currently at right now so yeah there's that yeah but i i think i think they're 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 due and they're making progress and you know i kind of want them to face the adversity and win a game i like blowouts it's nice to have blowouts i've wished for blowouts and easy easy viewing experiences my entire life because no browns game is an easy viewing experience but you know i kind of want to see them play in a relatively close game so that they can show that they're there I granted if they go out and beat the Bengal beat the Ravens thirty to six, people will say they're there. <laughs> so Yeah. Because they will have been, but yes. Yeah. So but All right. uh let's move on to props. We are getting late. Um to recap last week, uh, Matt and Joe are in an eternal deadlock till the end of time. Uh <laughs> they are currently tied at twenty seven points, and I am lurking waiting for one of them to stop winning. At 24 points. Can't um, yeah. Um, we all picked the Bills. We all got that right. We all picked the Eagles. We all got that right. Me and Gerbs picked the Packers, who came back from down 17 points at halftime to win. They, however, did not cover the spread, so we did not get the bonus point. Um, the spread was one and a half. They won by one. <laughs> Derek Carr uh, just had to get injured. But yeah, <laughs> Matt picked the Saints. Um, <laughs> we all picked the Rams, which looked good for about two and a half quarters. And then good Lord, did the Bengals cheese kick back in. Uh, <laughs> and we all picked the Browns. We all got the two, bo- two points for that one. So um, for the props, for the player props, uh, we all hit the over on Watson passing yards uh, over 259. What do you finish with? 286? 289. Yes. 289. So we all hit the over pretty comfortably. Um, we all said that the Browns would rush for more than uh, for 90 yards or more. Uh, they ran for 78. Um, so we all missed on that one. The mo- the mo- the what ended up being my greatest creation of the week, the more total yards between Jerome Ford and Elijah Moore, uh, it ended up 51-48 in favor of Jerome Ford. <laughs> Only Gerbs got that, that one. Over. Only Gerbs picked that one. <laughs> um, right. I missed the other two. So Tannehill pass yards over under 259. We all said over or all said under. We got that right because he threw for like 100 and something or no. I was like 106. Yeah. Yeah. 106 and then lost 30 something on sacks. <laughs> Uh, uh, Derek Henry rushing yards me and Matt picked the under which hit under 72 and a half and the turnover battle winner uh, none of us had any confidence in the Browns no Uh, Mm -hmm. and all of us were rewarded except for Gerbs who picked push and it was Titans (laughs) by what two no one no one yeah one so that is how we get to Matt and Joe being eternally deadlocked until the end of time. Keith Richards, cockroaches, and a tie between 
Gerbs and Matt in the Browns Browns cast uh, <laughs> pick them game. Can't stop, won't stop. So maybe maybe this week we'll provide some. Uh, maybe you guys should start picking different games here. Um, <laughs> Avoid at this point. <laughs> someone's got to do something. We have been. Tied I try to. I try to go. I, I try to go contrarian, and it works half the time. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm sick of being Gerbs' shadow, so I might as well just do something different. <laughs> Who's really the shadow here? Um, first game we have to pick is the Bills and the Dolphins in Buffalo. Buffalo is a three-point favorite. Who you got? I think I'll go Miami with this one. I think the with how they're playing and all the forward momentum that they got. I, I, I'm liking Miami in this matchup. Yeah, I will also take the Finns being the dog. Uh, yeah, and they've been... They put 70 up last week. Like, to just think that Buffalo, who has had, like, they had the second best defense yardage-wise in the league. But, I mean, you know, how are you going to go against a team that just scored 70 last week? Um, I think the the Dolphins have really struggled with the Bills. Uh, last year, what was it, towards the end of the season, uh, Miami had to go up there to like keep their playoff hopes alive. And I think they got beat pretty soundly. So but I'm gonna... this was without Tua. So that no, 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 not at the end of the season. They had Tua. They just didn't play well. They didn't play oh. well up there. It was December. So Buffalo in December, but, uh, but I'm going to go with the bills. Okay. Okay. I uh, respect it. It's the game of the week, man. It, it's the best game that's out there. Aside from yeah. Cleveland, Baltimore. Uh, no, best game is clearly the one we're picking uh, at the bottom oh, of this list. Goodness gracious. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> Steelers in Houston. Steelers as a three point road favorite. Uh, I'm going to take the home team here. I'm going to say Houston uh, beats the, uh, beats the, the bit, the Steelers. Um, I, I, I am really impressed with CJ Stroud. I did say he was the best, Pro ready uh, QB prospect coming out, and so I, I, I wanted him in maybe, Charlotte just just for the record. I say I maybe shouldn't have been as surprised as uh, that he's doing as well, but um, yeah, I, I think that's a a team on the up and up. Um, I think D'Amico Ryan is doing a really good job with that roster, and they are spunky as hell. And I think they can. Uh, I, I think Pittsburgh's just not that great, so. I'll take the. I, I'll give me the three. I'll take the home and the home dogs, and we'll, we'll just move on. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Texans as well. Some of that is hater energy. Some of that is, I just don't think the Steelers are very good. <laughs> yeah, part of me, part of me wants to say Steelers just because I feel like that defense could eat CJ alive. But at the same time, CJ has looked as about as good as you could have asked him to be in his first couple career games. So. Screw it! I'm just gonna go with the Texans. I can't. I can't pick the Steelers. Look at all that hater energy. We're either gonna. We're all gonna be either really smart or really stupid, right there. <laughs> um, speaking of hater energy, Bengals and Titans. Titans are a two and a half point home dog. Uh, what was the name? Uh, teams again? Just Bengals and Titans. 
Ooh. Um, in, in would, Nashville. Ooh, that's yeah. That that's a tough one. Um, I would say. I, I feel like the this is where the part where the Bengals start to get their their shit together. So I, I feel like this is where the Bengals start to uh, like get out of that early season funk that they always do. So I'll, I'll go with the Bengals. I, yeah, yeah, I think the Bengals as well. Yeah. I just, I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. I think that this is the week for Joe Burrow to, if he doesn't get eaten by the defensive line, this is the week where he's going to look like most like himself because look, if Deshaun Watson can do what he did to that secondary with a receiving core that isn't as good. Right. If, if Joe Burrow, is at least able to do something they they should put up 24 points easily on this defense just they don't even have to run the ball just throw the ball yeah. just yeah lob it up to Jamar Chase to probably get seven pass interference penalties mm-hmm. and cheese your way down the field like you do every game just <laughs> yeah the bro the bro injury thing still like astonishes me that they are still running him out there and Monday night, he, you know, we, we talked about Tannehill being a statue, just Burroughs barely making any kind of movements away from center. And uh, they still were able to win that game. I, I, I just don't see a way that they don't, uh, they, they can definitely pull it out against this Titans team. Yeah. I feel like if this is the one game where he could like start to show that he, like the old Joe Burrow, it's definitely this game. So I, that's, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, too. If, if there's anything, if there's any game that's a get right game for that team, it's definitely a Titans team that doesn't know how to defend the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And time for the ultimate sicko game to end all sicko games in the NFL. We have Broncos in Chicago. Ooh, this game is going to suck, but I wanted us to pick it anyway. <laughs> Bears are three and a half point home dogs. They look terrible. Denver is coming off a week. They give up 70 points. They look like they'd rather be anywhere else than a football field. <laughs> Who you got? <laughs> Ooh, I've, I've been talking about this all week. I feel like I really want to go with like, I I really want to see the Bears win one just so they don't completely go snowball into this thing. But at the same time, I want the Broncos to lose just to see what Sean Payton's excuse is this time for them sucking. So (laughs) I I might say, why not? Bears. What's the the most chaotic? The most chaotic answer is Denver winning. And Minnesota beating Carolina and giving Chicago the number one and number two pick in the draft <laughs> after four weeks. That would be amazing if that happened. That is the most chaotic answer. And as and as a as I always say, you vote for chaos. So I'm going to say Denver gets right and because somehow Russ is the uh adult in the room i don't know that's not true i don't believe it for a second russ wilson just weird yeah but you know i I, I, man child at this point yeah there's more i want to know what drove him down the path to cringe but that's that's an entire 
that's an entire other discussion. Yeah, it's the, the yeah. Seattle just obviously has a better PR department than than Denver does. It's the and same we're, thing we're as blends in a little better there. Right, it's the same thing as we see with uh, the Steelers. They have a better fix it department. You know, like look at all the all the players that leave Pittsburgh and all of a sudden lose their mind it's because <laughs> they got away from Pittsburgh and, and all the, the the cleanup crew that they had to have done. I'm sure. Um, oh. I have no stories. I have no receipts. This is all just things that I've believed. Uh, that you know, I, I also guys... feel like there's an element of, element of playing for the Steelers that's like growing up as a child star at Disney. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it. Yeah, I can definitely see it because, like, all the players that they've had over the years. I bet you never like, had to think about a, a, a Miley Cyrus and uh, Le'Veon Bell comparison. But here you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, God. but if there's. If there's, you know, ever people that need, uh, you know, that uh, exploratory surgery, it'd be a, a Steelers player. So, yeah, we do not condone it. How we made it an hour today. We made it an hour this week. New record. I was, you know, I would, I would be lying if I said I wasn't trying to figure out where I was going to squeak that one in. I made it. I made it. I made it happen, everybody. Okay, I want to yeah, think the Broncos I think, because I think they can just score. I, and the Bears' offense doesn't yeah. excite me enough to score, even though even on a team that just gave up seventy points last week. But at the same time, I feel like with how bad the vibes are with the Broncos, I feel like the Bears could just somehow find a way. Oh, to the, win this the, game. are the vibes any better in Chicago? It, it's like the what's well, like what, what they're, was they're the, one bad the, news story from Patrick starring the entire stadium into Lake Michigan. <laughs> The 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 now former defensive coordinator maybe possibly got his house raided by the FBI. Like that's we're we're you know this is like like epic Browns like news of the past, but it somehow yes. feels worse. This is an all this is yeah. an all time chaotic vibes game. Yes. <laughs> all right. Last game. Baltimore uh, at before, Cleveland. Before before we get into that, we're going to do the player props. Okay, um, okay, 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 okay. Cool. Okay, we got Watson over under passing yards, um, 254 and a half. I'm going to say over. Uh, Over. Yeah, I'm going to say over because I, specifically because I think they need it. Um, yeah. Brown's total rushing yards over under 92 and a half. Um, the Ravens have only given up more than that once. It was last week against the Colts. Their first week was against the Titans or the Texans who don't run the ball. And the second week was against the Bengals who don't run the ball. So a bit of a bit of a qualifier there. Okay. Um, I feel like they'll still be trying to figure out their running game a little bit. So I'm going to say under just because like they'll use so many different dudes that they'll, they won't really rush for a ton. I'm also going to go the under. I, I, think I was going to go over. My my gut wants to say under, but I'm going to go over. I think they can. Uh, I think they can move it on the ground. I think they will dedicate some stuff to running a little bit more. Um, I do think that uh, you know, obviously, what I'm predicting is a offensive bonanza for Cleveland. Uh, but you know, I think it can. I think it can happen this week. So. Okay. Um, fun one for the week. M- more receiving yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones or David Njoku? Mm. Uh, let's see. 
I would feel like David and Joku is due at this point. But it feels like they they've been trying to feed him and like on screen passes. I feel like eventually he's just gonna go off one game. So I'm gonna go with David. I'm going to say DPJ. Um, a, a weird case, and someone uh, I. I don't have the time nor the bandwidth to be able to do it, but somebody needs to look into what uh, what they are doing with DBJ snaps. He's in on more more than snaps than any other skill player, but he's getting like half the touches of everybody else. So I, 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 look, I don't I looked know. this up earlier. Um, there's been a hundred passes targeted to a receiver so far this year. Um, twenty five to Cooper, twenty five to Moore. They've made wow. up half the targets. Yeah. Okay. That's that's not surprising to me because you see them. You see, if you watch the games, that makes sense. Um, yeah, but it's a I, it's a pretty big number for just. That's a big number for two guys on an mm-hmm. offense that has talented players like Njoku and Peoples Jones. Um, but yeah, for the same reason that it that I think that Matt took Njoku, I think this is a DPJ game where they can you know they're going to start wheeling guys over on Amari and people's Jones are going to start getting the, uh, the single coverage. So historically DPJ has actually done pretty well against the Ravens. I believe I think he's had, I don't have those. I don't have those stats. I don't have those numbers, but like I can kind of, I I can kind of visualize it. Like I feel like he's done well against the Ravens. Um, But I'm also going to go with Njoku. I think it's just kind of a matchup that works out well. Uh, especially if they're going to keep the kind of the short passing game, substituting for the running game. Um, and I do think that they're trying to make a more concerted effort to get him involved. For some reason, he's like not a good screen runner. Yeah, he's almost like he's a slow burner. It's he, does, like he doesn't you, he doesn't visualize the blocks well. Yeah, but, like if he gets like ahead of speed, that's when he's dangerous. But it takes him a while to get there. Like like that's yeah. where. I feel like if he you hit him in space, that's where he's dangerous. But if it's he's like- a he's a long strider. He's deceptively fast. He's not fast speed. He's fast because he takes Silky. up four yards when he runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he gets up to full speed, all his steps make up three yards. Sure. Um, Lamar passing yards over under two and a two ten point five. Look up his. <clears throat> look up his. He's only gone over 200 once this year, I think. Uh, man, yeah, that, that's the thing. With what we talked about with his... But 210 is a low number. Points. Yeah, it is a very low number. Points, yard, like, the pass attempts that he's shown so far, he's not sh- throwing it deep. So I think the under is a pretty comfortable bet. In, uh, with his game, he doesn't really need to throw a ton of yards. He can run for 100 and make up for it that way. So I'm going to say under. I'm going to go – I'm going to go with the under on this one. Just typed under. <laughs> um, under over. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the under. I think the pass defense has just been really good and – it's been it's been pressuring defensive offenses to make quick decisions, and 
the, I mean, yes, the Ravens offense has been all quick decisions, but they've rallied to the ball really well. So it kind of keeps the yak down. Yeah, it, it, it definitely tests the patience of your quarterback to where he has to manage the drive to where it doesn't drive him crazy. Like eventually he would want to take a shot. And like that, I think that's kind of their approach is we're going to make you dink and dunk your way, frustrate you that way to where eventually you'll make a big mistake. Yeah. Guys, what do you think? I'm going to say over. Um, I don't want to. I want it to be under. Uh, and this is basically the week that like, if you're able to keep, if, if you're able to keep them under, then as much as I said, I'm at, at a 10 of confidence in this defense. Like you're going to start thinking of nicknames. They, yeah. I'm going to start making up <laughs> nicknames. Yeah. We're going to get heavy into some nicknames and running some stuff. Um, Based on the yeah. defense, it needs to be anime related, but uh, right. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, we could definitely get into that. So um, anyway, yeah, I, they, they can't, they can't keep doing this. I don't think that I just like, the yardage rolls are just so crazy that there has to be somebody who does it. There's, I don't there's know. a breaking point here. You can't do this to teams every week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Eventually, yeah, it's like uh, the one guy from Breaking Bad. They can't keep getting away with it. They can't yeah, keep getting away with it. Like, yeah. So I'm going to say over here, but I'm going to say actually under on the next one. Okay. So I'm actually going to flip that and go over. The over under here is. Lamar's rushing yards over under 56 and a half. I think to my point, I think they're going to want to keep Lamar in the pocket, keep him from breaking out. So the, my thinking is that the, they keep him grounded in the pocket and, and out of the danger zone where he's scrambling away. Uh, so that's what gives me the under for rush yards and allows him to, you know, get some garbage time throws in the over. So that's where I'm at. Okay. What do you got, Matt? Yeah, I would say I, I think I'm going to go over too. I'm either going to be like way ahead. Yeah, after I don't. This I don't week. think. I don't think we can. Uh, I don't think we can be tied after this week. It, it no, I would hope not. There's, yeah. a, 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 there's only <laughs> a, so many things. I, I think I've, I, the Watson over is the only one that we've agreed all agreed on on these prop bets so far. Uh, let's see if it continues. Browns takeaways <laughs> over under one and a half. Um, I'm gonna say under. Lamar I, I, has fumbled four times already this year. I'm gonna say okay, okay. Maybe I might change it to over just because Lamar has he's he let the ball like he's he's fumbled a couple times. So I'm gonna go over too. Okay, I'm going to say under with the hopes that they prove me wrong because they forced two takeaways this entire season. They are already minus what six in the turnover battle or minus four. Yeah, in turnover battle, but. Um, Jim Schwartz has brought up the takeaways and said that they are coming. So I can see the, a week where uh, obviously it's game plan dependent and you can't really, it's not like pitching where you can say like, I'm going to get this guy out on a fastball in the third at bat. 
like you're not looking at I'm going to get a, a pick in the fourth drive, but um, I, yeah. I do think that there's some. I do think they are going to be looking at creating a little bit more havoc and and making Lamar uh, throw it in some some bad ways. So that's where I'm at. And last but not least, game picks. I am going to go. I mean, none of us have picked against the Browns yet. A feeling that could change next game, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Browns. I just don't. I mean, they've been so good at home. They've been so good at home in the division. Um, I don't think they haven't lost to the Ravens at home since was it 2020? Uh, that was the wild Sunday night game or Monday night game. Um, where Lamar went to the locker room for almost almost crapped his pants and then let a game winning drive. Yeah, um, Joe Woods. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I just in, until until proven otherwise, like this team's really good at home. Um, they're really good at home when you talk shit about them. <laughs> so <laughs> like I, I can't pick against them at this point. Yeah, I'm gonna go the uh, go same route. I think Browns win, and score might be a little bit closer, but I think it'll be a comfortable-ish victory. Yeah, I'll go Cleveland as well. Um, that'll be different next time we pick, probably. But um, you know, I, I this is a very winnable game for Cleveland. Not even necessarily a like this is not a wish casting pick of like I think they can win. I think they will. Um, and uh, I definitely see a spot where they... You're the better team playing better. Right. And this is, as Taylor said, this is a game that you win, that you have to win if, if you're going to start being a... Taken if seriously. you're going to be considered, you have to win these games. Right. Mm-hmm. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to do things that lead you to be taken seriously. Beating the crap out of a middling Titans team is right. not going to do that. Yep. Yeah. So... We are in agreement on that one. Win big games. Yep. And with that, um, I have to go deal with a dog that uh, may or may not have ingested 200 milligrams of cannabis. Doggy cannabis. Yes. Canine cannabis. Canine cannabis. Um, that didn't, get into your, didn't get into your stash, you know. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely not your stash, Jed. Don't, I don't have one of those, actually. Um, but... I think I think that's enough for tonight. Yeah. You guys got anything to add? I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will be back on Sunday after the game. Um, I imagine Matt will be there. Gerbs, what are you doing on Sunday afternoon? I am probably actually. I got to figure out a way to watch this game. Uh, where I am at, the uh, the contract has Pittsburgh on the. Uh, agenda for me so i gotta figure out a way to i know i don't want i don't want to i don't want to have it but um, yeah if if you go to the com, the uh the cbs map this week is drunk yes because (laughs) of where i live i i am uh in the home area for cleveland and pittsburgh and if there is an away team uh they become the like mandatory team or the like primary one so uh, Pittsburgh is in Houston and Cleveland's at home. So they get the feeling that, you know, hey, you can go to the game and watch that. I'm like, well, no, I can't. But no, that uh, costs yeah. money. 
So I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll figure something out and watch it. But, uh, yeah, I will not be on the podcast on Sunday, but I will be back uh, probably for some bye week stuff next week. So we'll all get right. it. Okay. Well, I will talk to you, Matt, on Sunday, and we'll talk to everyone else on Monday morning, I guess, or Sunday night, whenever whenever we post this. Um, go Browns. Go Browns. Browns. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.